Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and if this is your first Geekscape, strap yourselves in for some comic book talk, uh, especially this episode, but this is Geekscape, we usually talk pop culture, um, that would be um, movies, video games, comic books, all that stuff that you uh, experience. Let's say if you're a big fan of like going to Comic-Con or LA Comic-Con or any of the comic conventions near you. Um, sorry if I'm a little discombobulated. I'm, I, I, is Instagram working for you guys? Sometimes I, I do the live stream and sometimes I do it through Instagram. Is that something that you people care about? Um, I can't. I don't think it's really working right now on the Instagram. And whenever I check during the show, if people are watching on Instagram, they dip in, dip out. I don't think that for a long form conversation show like mine, the Instagram thing really works. I think Instagram's great. It's fun for sharing photos. Maybe it's fun for doing a very small bite-sized, hey, what's up? Maybe an announcement or something like that. But for a long form conversation, I just don't think you're incentivized on your phone to not scroll away from the Geekscape episode. So uh, unless I hear from you guys, Jonathan at Geekscape.net, I think that the Instagram feed from StreamYard, I don't think that's, I don't think it's worth it. So I'm not going to complicate things. I'm going to take that off the table unless I hear from you guys who are like, no, dude, I have to. What's crazy too is uh, I joke about that. (laughs) I've actually gotten a, a couple like hundred impressions every time I go on um, LinkedIn. So, I mean, they say that Biden has unemployment rates down, but uh, you know, a lot of y'all are still on LinkedIn watching Geekscape. <laughs> and I only do LinkedIn once a week on Geekscape. That's my only interaction with LinkedIn. And I get a report that's like, hey, there's how many impressions you got last week. And it is this live show. So there are people on LinkedIn watching. It uh, doesn't matter where you're watching from, if you're watching live, uh, or if you're maybe you're listening to this on the podcast feed, like the majority of you are, um, just say hi, Jonathan at Geekscape.net, or drop in on Facebook or Instagram or, or wherever you enjoy the show, Twitter, X, I guess. Uh, what's the other one that they started up? Um, threads, <laughs> wherever you can find me or you can find Geekscape and all that. We're adding more shows to the Geekscape network. So just keep tuned to this channel as we promote those, talk about it. Geekscape just keeps rolling, which I enjoy. Uh, we are growing so fast uh, that there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that Matt and I are doing. Um, as he grows out the network, as we add shows, he throws, sometimes he tells me what the shows are that he's bringing in. And sometimes he's just, he like, he just starts telling me and it already sounds good. So I'm like, no, no, dude, dude, that sounds great. I, I'm excited for, people who listen to this show or others to discover some of the stuff we're working on. Um, But because it's gotten crazy, I have found myself in the last few months having crazy insomnia. The Hollywood strike did not, those two strikes or multiple strikes that did not help. Um, But I got to tell you for my content, like consumption Insomnia, not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, I've talked on the show before uh, about some of the stuff I watch like 2, 3 a.m. It's never like the super intensive stuff. Like uh, Heidi wanted to watch the brand new season of True Detective. She wanted to start that up. Show run and directed by former Geekscape guest Issa Lopez, who I love because her audio actually got corrupted on that Geekscape. And 
when I told her, she came back and redid the entire episode. So Issa Lopez, who is getting serious laurels for this season of True Detective so far, deserves it because she's such an awesome person. And if you enjoy True Detective, or if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, I want to find out more about her, go back about two, three years in the Geekscape feed and find the episode where we talk about her film, Tigers Are Not Afraid, that she made in Mexico. That is just an awesome movie. And I think some of the horror fans are discovering that. I see it pop up every now and then on the um, Horror Movie Night Facebook group or something. Or I see it on every now and then people saying, hey, this movie's great. I'm like, hey, if you're a Geekscape listener, you heard it here first. But I'm going to tell you what my insomnia show was this morning at 3 a.m. I don't want to I don't want to see anything in like too involved. Right. I, it's 3 a.m. I, I, can, I can't read a book. I'm going to read a comic maybe, or I'm just going to turn something on and hope to drift off. And this morning it was um, <laughs> like Pokemon connoisseur or, or like this. <laughs> okay. Bear with me. There's a Pokemon show for kids. They're all for, you might think Pokemon's all for kids, but come on, let's not gatekeep. And this one is like, like a, a Pokemon Island hotel. It's like, it's like uh pleasure island or or like the love boat but for pokemon that they go there and it's this girl who gets a job on this pokemon resort island and she has in her whole thing is like pokemon and people come like trainers and their pokemon come to the island and maybe like a magic carp can't swim but so she has to find the magic carp like a like an inflatable to wear uh or like somebody's sad so she has to cheer them up or a pikachu isn't can't, can't throw a lightning bolt or something. These, these little 16-minute animated cartoons about Pokemon trainers and their Pokemon. And it's uh, and you, you got to find it on Netflix if it sounds like something you'd want to watch with your kids or if you have insomnia at 3 a.m. And I'll tell you why I watched it, why it got on my attention, because there's all sorts of stuff that I could be watching at 3 a.m. that is similar fare, right? This stuff, the animation on this thing, is actually the the coolest thing about it. It looks like remember um, Yoshi's Woolly World, those games that they made for the Switch and the, for the Wii U, that looked like they were animated felt and animated like stitch work and yarn, and the whole world was looked like it was um, something you could touch. It looked like something that was came right out of like a, a arts and crafts. The whole show feels. Maybe it's 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 CGI, maybe it's stop motion animation, but it all feels like that. Everything looks like it's made out of felt or yarn. It's actually a really beautiful show. So I was hoping that I could put this on at 3 a.m. in the aesthetics of it, the pleasing, cool, soft aesthetics of this. It was just going to drift me off to sleep, and I was going to wake up when my alarm went off and be like, oh, no, I, I missed the... Um, the, the Pokemon show. Okay. Oh, well, it did its job. I watched all of it. All four episodes. They're 16 minutes each. I watched over an hour of this girl trying to make Pokemon happy. <laughs> Don't judge me, Geekscapist. I hear you over there in your car at work or watching right now. Uh, don't judge me for watching my Pokemon Hotel Island show. It's great. And let me tell you, when it ended and Netflix didn't do that one start thing where it starts loading the next episode, I was kind of sad. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, you're playing the whole credits. There's only four of these things? I want my Pokemon show. All right. Well, 
Netflix Pokemon Company, whoever's in charge over there, give me some more of that Pokemon chauffeur or whatever. whatever. Listen, it's great. It's great. Don't judge me. Just go enjoy it, especially if you have kids. I think they're going to like it. Um, all right, go watch the Pokemon show. Uh, you came here for Geekscape. Let's start it up. And uh, we'll be right back with my friend Stephen Prince, the creator of Monster Matador. And we'll talk about how we met and why I was like, oh, this book looks awesome. And how it is awesome. And you can help the next awesome issue come out. Hang tight. All right, Geekscapes, the show is called Pokemon Concierge. And if you didn't think that I spent the theme song looking that up, you'd be wrong. Uh, you know, got to get this thing right. Can't have you on Netflix looking for that Pokemon show and not find your Pokemon Concierge. <laughs> I'm a 45-year-old man, and I, I loved every minute of Pokemon Concierge. I was like, man, I hope that magic carp learns to swim. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Let's talk. Let's. It's time to grow up. Let's talk about serious stuff. Let's talk about comic books. <laughs> uh, my friend Stephen Prince is a very new friend. I was walking around LA Comic Con between panels, and I, I I spend most of my time at conventions at Artist Alley. I'm I want to I want to I want to be with the creators, right? I want to shake hands with the creators. I want to learn about their storytelling, and I want to find guests for Geekscape because this is what we do here. We talk to creators. We love this stuff, and. As I'm walking the aisles and seeing some of the friends I know, um, Tony Rodriguez, longtime friend, a couple aisles over, uh, Tony Fleece, who you heard from a few weeks ago on our Comic-Con panel, uh, LA Comic-Con panel about indie comics, uh, and I'm just catching up with people, I see this big banner for a comic called Monster Matador. It's like a matador who fights monsters, and somehow maybe in a, a future Earth or an alternate Earth or something there's monsters and you know think about like uh cloverfield right that first cloverfield there's a kaiju walking around and stuff like that and i love kaiju and the matador thing and i love people who fight them like hellboy right like hellboy fights monsters and here this one's a matador so i was like fuck yeah sign me up for monster matador i went over and introduced myself to the creator i said hey are you the creator of the monster matador and he said yes i'm stephen prince creator of monster matador so i bring you now Stephen Prince, creator, Monster Matador. Stephen, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? <laughs> Stephen, you got kids. <laughs> yeah, this is the banner. Yeah. <laughs> you got kids. Are you gonna throw them up? That you gonna watch some Pokemon concierge? <laughs> I my uh, I I never was into Pokemon as a kid. I was a little <laughs> little too old. And uh, my 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 son is he's eight years old and he's really into it. Oh, um, oh, that's something you guys could do yeah. together. Watch some Pokemon so, yeah. concierge. Oh. I'll check. I'll, I'll check that one out. <laughs> Uh, so that that is how it happened i'm walking to la comic-con and i see that banner that if you're watching this on streaming folks uh steve's got there scott got it there in the background um 
And it, it just felt like the combination of two things that I thought were pretty cool. Um, you know, it's stylistic fighting with the matador, but he's not fighting bulls on this one. He's fighting like monsters and, and perusing the pages that you had out there on display and flipping through the trade of the, the very first trade that you have there. He's yeah. fighting kaiju monsters. He's fighting giant bugs, cool stuff. And I was like, yeah. oh, this, this sounds like something that Geekscapists need to know about. So I need to know, like, where did this come from, Stephen? Let us meet you a little bit. Uh, where, so uh, I when I was a kid, my, my grandfather had given me a matador cap. So I've always been interested in, in matadors. And uh, as I got older, there's a, a Peter Sellers movie called The Bobo, in which he plays a, uh, a singing matador. And anyway, that, uh, wow. This, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's it's uh, it's not as well known as his other stuff. But I, I had watched it again. This is like probably 15 years ago or so, and I was just uh, messing around in my sketchbook, and I drew a matador, and then I drew a picture of like a Godzilla, and then I looked at not? it, and I was like, "Monster matador." It's, there you go, and that's where it came from. And uh, I did. I, I I knew it was a good idea, you know, like you just kind of know it was just cool. And, uh, but at the time there, there was really no, uh, I didn't really know what to do with it or how to go about getting it done. I mean, I, I was familiar with the comic industry and all those things, but, um, I, uh, I, I was working in the toy business at the time and was, was focused on that. And then fast forward a few years later, uh, I got laid off and I had time on my hands. And I just started, I, I went back to the character. I, I started drawing uh, a little more and I actually wound up drawing. Um, I thought it would be fun to kind of develop the character by, by creating a comic about it. So I actually drew like two issues of it. And um, I had so much fun. I just started doing more. And uh, the, the plan was always to kind of get an, a real artist, like a good artist to do it. Uh, like we have now Fabio Alves. And what happened was I had kids and, you know, years passed and then I had another kid, just on and on. And then eventually um, I wound up doing 12 issues and uh, I, I decided, you know, not, you know, Kickstarter had come around. Um, there were a lot of um, avenues to uh, to um, produce, not just produce the work, but to also control it. Uh, sure, sure. Um, and and I. I, uh, a friend of mine, Ryland Grant put me, who, who did a book with Fabio called Banjax. Uh, Fabio had just finished the book. He was looking for more work. I was looking for an artist to kind of do a relaunch to, you know, do monster matador. Right. And, uh, here we are. So. Well, talk to me. About, uh, I still want to know about your background because, yeah, the, yeah, of the, course, because of course. obviously we talk toys here and, in, in in, yeah. It sounds like you were doing either product design or you were doing labeling or stuff like that for yeah. toys. But yeah, was, um, yeah. where did you grow up? Uh, oh, I grew up in Brooklyn uh -huh. and uh, Chicago, suburbs it, of Chicago. And your grandfather comes and he brings you this matador hat, right? Yeah. Is that what is it actually called a matador hat? Because one of the things that they, do you have a Spanish background, Steve? No, my, don't worry my about, it's okay. yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't. My uh, my grandfather's like. They're, my family from way back, like has span is Spain, you sure, know, from Spain. But he, but he gives you like this her, thing, yeah. And I got to tell you, as as a Mexican American, I'm reading this thing, and mm. I've been there. Th there's a character in this in a screenplay that I'm writing, mm. 
um and i'm about to hand it in and the amount of research i've done on the screen yeah. it's 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 just it's based on a true story true event um but the real life person is, is descendant of of, of bullfighters uh, yeah. but this is in mexico and so well, I, he's, re- yeah, yeah. I researched so much mexican bullfighting the biggest bullfighting ring in the world is in mexico city isn't and yes. some of your stories as i read the first issue of monster matador really the first trade of monster matador mm-hmm. and then the first issue of this new one geekscape is he's got this new thing starting up that you're going to want to be a part of called yeah. once upon some monsters in mexico that's the sequel to the first trade of, right. of monster matador uh, i read the first issue of that and i think that it's even tighter it's cooler the, the yeah. cast of characters have uh have you go you're going to want to read the first one geekscape than the second one but I think you can jump on it. The second, wherever you want to jump on it, it's a matador fighting monsters. You're going to get it. And you're yeah, going to yeah. love it. But, <laughs> um, but I was really impressed, and I had to ask about your background because I was really impressed too with the treatment of the Spanish, as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, well. He's actually a Mexican bullfighter. Right, he's, right. You know, um, but I do. Um, you know, I, I I know a little bit of Spanish. So um, I, I I came up with it at the time. Uh, my girlfriend uh, was uh, Mexican. So that's kind of a lot of that sure. kind of went into it. Um, and then I've, uh, you know, obviously I have friends that are uh, Latino and, um, you know, anytime I have a question about something, you know, I'll lean on them to ask, but it is, I, it, I, I do want to, you know, it's important that it feels like real. Absolutely. You know, like, no, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, I don't care if you have a yeah, copy. Yeah. I don't care we, yeah. I, I think that this is a cool story. I yeah. think that if you're Latino and listening to this, who cares if Stephen Prince is writing it? <laughs> I'm a half Mexican. I'm a half Mexican whose name is Jonathan London. You, you think you think I don't run into the into the cultural gatekeeping every freaking day? I do. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it's hard. I, I I some you know people. My friend Andy Radinger. We were hanging out yesterday. His name is Radinger. His father, his grandfather was Polish in the instability in Europe busted out. He got himself to Mexico. Andy has, he grew up in Mexico. He's only known Mexico. Um, And he butts up against it. I think that, that, that this is stuff that that is okay to talk about, but also like if you're only creating for your lane, Mm -hmm. like you're only creating for an audience of you. And the truth about collaborating is about collaboration is, it's okay if they're not writers on the project. You are collaborating. You are finding people right. to copy edit it and 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 give it some more honesty. And in that honesty, mm-hmm. it's it's or you know, in, in, in making it more accurate, it's yeah. created resonance with somebody like me who reads it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like someone who's not Latino writing Spanish. It felt felt legit, right? So yeah. I was gonna give you kudos to that. Um because I really enjoy it. And of course, the giant monsters. Uh, Bryant Dillon, our good friend, says, "Hey, Stephen oh, Prince hey, rocks. We know Bryant. I, we everybody loves Bryant. Oh my God, I love Bryant so much. So, what I wanted to ask right here is, you said that you drew several issues of Monster yep. Matador on your own, and then you said, I got this new artist. I could do it properly. Tell me about those first couple issues of Monster Matador as you're finding the voice for it, maybe the pacing mm-hmm. of the the story." What, are those ever going to see the light of day? Is that something that you can maybe get as an incentive? Yeah, I. I so <laughs> they're they're pretty crude. It's okay. It's, I mean, no, I know, okay, I know, but like, I know. 
they're, they're pretty crude and simplistic. And, and I do give them out from time to time as incentives. And I probably will for this one, because what we're doing in this new story is we're incorporating elements from those stories um, into this one. And I think what's nice about starting where we started, kind of, even if you don't know those 12 issues exist, which most people don't, I, th I think it's it's had the benefit of, of giving the character a bit of weight in history that you don't normally get when a book starts and you start from the beginning. Um, so you're kind of dropped into this world. And in the first issue, I mean, literally uh, that first issue has your character li yeah, literally, right, yeah, dropped, literally the dropped in. So that he's was, being, you know, that was, on purpose, a, you know, he's being carried by a giant yeah. bug geekscapist and he breaks himself free and he's got yeah. these giant bugs, like, like, attacking them and he has to right. he has to pull out the sword and do the matador deal with the giant bug so literally dropping it in. yeah yeah uh yeah, continue so was, but yeah. you didn't pursue a publisher for those first 12 issues or anything and i mean we'll talk oh, they were they that. were they were pretty crude i mean they weren't they weren't really like at a level where you can publish them but what happened was um like i said i had kids and and they became just something for me to do while i was watching my kid sure you know, um, and um, but I wound up doing it, it wound up being this whole big kind of story of, of little stories that that came together into one. And it kind of brought the matador to a place in the story, which is where he is um, when we start uh, Tangle of the Matadors, which is uh, the first part of Volume One. And what you're doing and and as I write out. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the comics I'm working on now is yeah. a a retelling of a of a film script, but okay. I find in the retelling that I'm adding characters, I'm yep. course correcting some yeah. stuff, and really like like your first twelve issues, you you have a chance to re take another swing at the mythology, and it's exactly, kind of yeah. it's kind of like a, re, a revision or a refinement of it, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's not unlike what happened when Game of Thrones went to TV, and some of the stories that we knew had, like, uh, what was the the one where, where the, the kid chokes to death, the bad kid, the, the oh, prince, right. or whatever, the, like, yeah. in, in, we had people when Joffrey dies or that whole scenario, we, I didn't read the game of Thrones books, but I had friends who did right. and they were like, Oh, it's totally different. And some of them prefer the show or it, it was clear that, that at that point you're having the creator augment the telling right. either for the new format of television or the screen or format yeah. it for just, Hey, I, I, I've retold this story and I have a better way of telling it now all of that stuff is not against the rules. Like you are allowed to do that. And I think it's great that you had that ability to, to kind of establish Bandy about a mythology at lower risks. So now here it is. Yeah. That's what and you want. Yeah. This is, this is more, you know, I didn't have the skill as an artist to really tell the story that I wanted to tell. So sure. what's nice is now, now, you know, you're right. Like I get to go back and kind of George R. R. Martin it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it, the, do it the way that, uh, you know, I see it and I want it how, to be done. So how big is it, Stephen? Like, 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 like when you think of this idea and first off, like I, I still want to go back. I love talking to you guys. The, I talk creators. Uh, yeah. Do you see it as a movie? Do you see it as a TV show? Like what, like it, what are some of your other stories? And then how did this one just slowly yeah. bubble to the top, you know, and, and be the one that breaks out? Cause I'm guessing if you're anything like me, 
you got yep. 20, 30 stories yeah. in your head. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, for yeah. some reason, this is the lane that you're running with now. The the Monster Matador is the one you're leading with. Yeah, it's um, yeah. If if it, it, if you told me this would be the one, I'd probably shake. I'd probably look at you weird. But yeah, sure. it just it, it just. I, th- I think like a lot of writers or creative people, you know, you're always working on multiple things at once. And when I started this, I kind of really made an effort <clears throat> to just focus on one thing. Um, that's the secret. <laughs> and that's the secret, right? That's <laughs> right, the secret. Right. Right. Uh, and, um, and it just kind of has been, people like it, you know, and it's funny because when I go to cons, when I do signings, you know, people will always, and, and I would love to see it as a cartoon, a movie, a show, sure, whatever. But, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times people will, like you see the banner, stop, look at it, go, that looks amazing. And I go, would you like to read the comic? And they go, I don't read, but let me know when that's going to be a movie. And whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't like that at all. What do you mean I don't <laughs> yeah, read? Yeah. This is like yeah, a geek's game. Like, like, you're, you're at a Comic-Con. You're, well, don't come to a comic convention if you don't want to read. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what they have there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a little yeah. concerning, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit. Because kind of the reason to create these comics is to remove some of the barriers of entry that a big budget TV show has, which is that massive budget. And uh, I think what's cool is once it's a TV show, once it's a movie, once it's a video game, it will then go through its next iteration of refinement for that form. Um, I kind of just love all of it. You know, I kind of like... Um, you know, and, and I think we've, we've experienced this a lot recently with the, with, with seeing so many comic books make it to screen. Right. And, yeah. and thank goodness for all the, all the factors that, that led to that from the late nineties yeah. into the MCU. And, and I mean, what a golden era for us as kids, uh, seeing this stuff now as grownups on the big screen. And yeah. I just like all of it. Like if, if, if I watch the Angley Hulk and I remember walking out of the Angley Hulk and be like, eh. It's one of my favorite filmmakers, and I had high hopes for one of my favorite yeah. characters being interpreted by one of my favorite storytellers, and it and it didn't really work for me. But yeah, do they always work? Like do, even on the page, do they always work? I think I think the onus should always be on more stories, right? Right? Because that because somebody may have watched that Ang Lee Hulk and been like, oh, I think I like the Hulk now. That was so interesting, and yeah. that stuff with the dad and everything is so cool. Um, but. If if you if you're a snob about it and say something like I don't read, <laughs> then that person yeah. that may have been the yeah. comic that got him into comics and he just cut himself off. That's right. That a, that's, I don't like that at yeah. all, Stephen. Yeah. Stephen, yeah. you're you're fighting with your with your focus on your on your yeah. I don't camera know. I don't home. know why. And yeah. I and I got to tell you, buddy, it's an audio. It's, so many more people listen on audio, man. Just like I love right. it. I won't fight. I, I won't no. fight. I you just know, got this camera. I, it's all good. But you're, 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 you're a great, um, listen, for you audio yeah. listeners, Stephen's a good looking man, both right. blurry and in focus. <laughs> and I think he's great. I just don't want I, you to I, worry about it. I do want to say, I love the Angley Hulk movie. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's just, I, I, I mean, it's not a great movie, but I just, I love the, the risks he takes, you know, I love like that. He's just going for it and he's, you know, some things land, some things don't. But I, I really admire that in a 
in, in a filmmaker or creative when they're, you know, when they're willing to take those swings. I think as I progress in my film or comics or what geekscape, whatever it is, I think that I find more respect for people who do that yeah. and take the swings rather than fall back on what they know is going to work every single time. Right. Um, Cause I, you know, I don't think you get the great ones without a couple of those risks that did not turn out and put the yeah. egg on your face. But I think they ended up making a, a stronger filmmaker. Um, how far do you think this Matador thing goes? The Monster Matador? And tell me, actually, this is probably a pretty good segue to talk about this uh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I want to say Once Upon a Time, Once Upon Some Monsters in Mexico. Like, yeah. Tell me about this story specifically. How much further along is it from tra- the first trade paperback? Like, People are going to read the first trade paperback. Where does this story take place right after that? So this takes place uh, right after the first trade paperback. Like almost um, immediate, immediately, almost, correct? Almost immediately, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we designed this is similar to Hellboy, where it's a series of miniseries that you can read on their own, but they connect into a larger mythology. And uh, this, this uh, with the first trade, Once Upon Some Monsters in Mexico, which is going to run about four issues, and then we're going to have a follow-up and that'll be our first like big phase, you know, and that's going to kind of position all the players, the matador and move and kind of. It's like a really league. Open- yeah. 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 It's, it's it kind of opens up. It kind of opens up the world, you know, because uh, in these stories, we see the world through the matador's eyes, but there's this much bigger world that we hint at. And in this storyline, this is where we start to sort of open it up and break it wide open. And uh, now that he's reunited with his daughter and his uh, his brother-in-law, uh, they're joined by a uh, a group of monster-fighting luchadors. Because <laughs> uh, why not? Of course. Yeah, because why course. not? You know. Because why not? And, Let's just yeah. keep the theme. Let's keep rocking. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they fight uh, the Mega Racha, which is this giant, giant cockroach. And uh, the Matador, <laughs> as it as it turns out, uh, when he was a child, he was he was abandoned by his father and his mother passed away. So he lived on the streets in uh, Mexico City. And uh, he's he's deathly afraid of cockroaches. The one thing, you know, his one that one chick of his armor. It's like Indiana Jones's snakes, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. So he, he you know, in the first issue, uh, you know, he they ride into town and, the you know, the the matador, he gets out um, uh goes to fight the monster and he realizes he looks up and he sees it and it's this giant cockroach and he just I'm out. I'm out. He's out. You know, he's yeah. out. And that's and that's where the first issue drops off. So it's him kind of overcoming that 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 fear and uh and fighting this thing. Uh but I thought that would be kind of fun cuz I hate cockroaches. I'm deathly af- afraid of cockroaches. Really? I thought I thought it would be cathartic. It is not. Uh, it has not, it, it has how do you, how do you been, deal with the pages the pages come in and you're like oh shit what have i done it's yeah it's it's uh it's yeah i it didn't work out the way i thought it would. oh i'm sorry but there's you know who, who says it like every i think like wellness guru or like right. you know says the only way is through i'm sorry steven but yeah. the only way through this is the, the, that's the only way you got to get through this. You got to face your fears. And yeah, luckily enough, they're, they're, yeah. they're on the page and you are, 
if anything, you are the monster matador. You are defeating the cockroaches there on the page. Like, <laughs> it must be cathartic to like write this that. and be it like, take great. that. It was... You're killing cockroaches. <laughs> Massive. Yeah, ones. because because like I said, I grew up in New York where, you know, we have there are literally mutant yeah. cockroaches. You guys have mutant you know? ninja turtles there. Like <laughs> yeah. they are they have turtles. Yeah, you know that? yeah they have turtles too. Yeah. They have turtle mutant uh, ninja turtles in the sewers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anything else, spiders, whatever, I don't care. But cockroaches, they stick. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean no, to laugh. I, I literally, it's embarrassing. I, I literally run. <laughs> uh, what I liked about this one, Geekscapus, though, what's upon some, uh, some monsters, is Steven is actively adding things like uh, he's making his world. He's He's adding other characters. He's making like a Justice League of like alternative monster fighters and again imagine like a world that has been a bit decimated and thrown off kilter by the presence of these kaiju type monsters coming out and wrecking cities and forcing communities to live within walls or to go like mad max style that's kind of added there's a bit of fury road element to this uh once upon a time some monsters in mexico and uh and now you got these cool kind of stylistic heroes coming in and i i mean i said hellboy in my intro but i I think the Hellboy thing is is pretty appropriate. You got, you know, yeah. Hellboy had his own RAPD where right. he, there was a, somebody who was underwater. There's mm-hmm. like a ghost person who can, yeah. you know, talk to phantasms and stuff. And I think that this is cool that you have luchadors and you're kind of living in that lane. Uh, but you're also maybe picking up some rogues as well when you get into yeah. it, which is cool. Yeah. I love I love seeing the entire thing come together. Uh, Alex, your friend from work, says, you know what? Steven is the absolute oh, best. Alex. Hey. No Alex joke. Alex colorist. Well, she's doing a great job. She's Steven amazing, is the yeah. absolute best. No joke. Seriously, I'm not just saying that because we're work buddies. Ha, ha, ha. Make sure the check clears, Steven. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about getting Alex paid. There's a bit of a, of a Kickstarter going on. <laughs> with yeah, this yeah. thing correct i mean the second issue of um monster matador issue two was upon some monsters of mexico is up now on yeah. kickstarter is that correct yeah that's true um and the good news is we're funded uh we always set our goal a little lower than what we need so never mind uh, that's steven everybody talk to you later he's so, he doesn't need us i'm kidding no so you know um but yeah we you know we work part part of it is we work we work ahead Mm-hmm. Uh, so every little bit counts so that we can continue to make the book without uh interruption and we're actually uh fabio alves the artist is is currently drawing issue four alex is is drawing issue three um so if you're worried about am i ever going to see the end of the story am i ever going to get the book the books will be the books are done they will be yeah. done you know we we definitely it, it's been a it's been something that uh, before we launch a Kickstarter, you know, we have the book and it's done. So there's no there's no worry about about whether it'll ever be finished or not. Do you know Don Nguyen? He had a booth a few of down course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don's yeah. great. And, and as I started down this indie comic book journey myself, mm-hmm. Don really freaked me out. He goes, make sure the book's done before you start Kickstarter. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? I thought the whole point of Kickstarter was to pay for the damn book so yeah. you could make the book. But I think as I get down this road, I think that Don and yourself are right. Like 
to some degree. And I've also heard like, just get the first 10 pages. You can show that or something like that. But if you can get the book pretty close to finished and then start the Kickstarter to recoup, then that's kind of the strategy so that as soon as yeah. it's done, you can, you can satisfy those rewards. And I, and I like that. I think that's cool that people don't have to wait or be held in, in waiting to be, to see if they're even going to get what they paid for. I think that's yeah. really cool. It's so geek. It's, yeah. Geekscape oh. it's up now. I mean, I was just going to say, if you guys go to bitly slash matador kick, then you guys can find the Kickstarter for monster matador. once upon some monsters in Mexico issue two you can have you can probably get issue one there's probably some incentives in here where you can get the whole enchilada right yeah you can get uh you can get issue one and two you can get issue one and two and the the volume one trade paperback um we have a metal cover that we just dropped we have a uh, shot glass uh we have t-shirts wait talk to me about the the metal cover like actually printed pressed yeah it's uh it's pressed on metal yeah. Okay. So, so for the di- like, if let's say I have ten bucks, I'm going to buy the digital mm-hmm. one and two. Okay. Yeah. So ten bucks, Geekscapist will get you the first two issues of the Once Upon Some Monsters in Mexico storyline. Um. Okay. If you want a physical copy and the PDF, it's going to be thirteen because you got to do right. shipping. You got to do all that stuff. Yeah. Holy and this crap. Is, and the- and this You've is got a, a Cobra 30- variant. Cobra. Like, yeah. Like like the Sylvester Stallone Cobra movie cover. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. The Senorita Sangre, that's one of the characters in the in the story. I met her. She's got a variant cover. So there's some variant covers. There's a shot glass, tequila shot glass. Um, but I, I want, there's a digital catch-up as well, Geekscapist. It comes with that first trade. You get, is that right? You get the first yeah, yeah, yeah. one that'll catch you up. And it's, then you get yeah, the, the, yep. the new one. But I, I, I'm, I'm looking for this 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 metal cover. What are you talking about? Really? They're, it's, like It's pressed in metal? Yeah, I don't have a a photo of it yet because right. I just literally I, I did just order some samples, so I'm hoping they come in. Okay, here it is. Fifty dollars limited edition metal cover. Only five copies of this Geekscape is. It yeah. gets you a metal freaking copy of the main Fabio Alves Alex Zave cover. That's Alex. Hi Alex, who's here in our in our chat room. A PDF of the book in a mini print. That's gonna be heavy as hell. Have yeah. you seen one of these things in, in person? These metal. Yeah, covers? they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. Um, and then you can also Never heard of this. There's a metal cover of issue one, and also of the Cobra cover. Do you have any of that stuff there in your office right now, or they just haven't been made yet? No, these these are brand. This is a brand new thing we're doing. Okay, um, I gotta see so this. I, I'm just... Yeah, I gotta I gotta see it too. I, I've had friends that have done them, so you know. Yeah, they're, I mean, how thin they're, I mean, it's a, it's a metal so press. It's, it's like, a, it's like it, your old school baseball cards when they used to do that yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. It's a metal plate, like a metal plate on top mm-hmm. of, you know, the cover. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah. They, they, they I like out, it. They come out really nice. That's super um, cool, man. Are you going to make yeah. an extra one for yourself? You have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pocket, I'll, I'll pocket one of the five. You know what you do? This is what you do. Next time somebody comes by the booth and you're like, hey, it's a comic book. And yeah. he goes, oh, I don't read. Then you bleed and you slash him with the metal cover. <laughs> right. You know what? Don't do that. Don't kill it. Don't no. do that. Don't no, attack no, your no, audience. Okay, but it's okay, a cool okay. line though, right? But it'll get me publicity, right? It's a cool line. No, do not use your metal cover of Monster Matador to slash anybody yeah. open at your booth. You'll get kicked right. out. 
I've been there. That's I've true. done that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted. I, you know what, Geekscape? As I'll be honest, I just wanted to say the stupid line. I don't read. Then you bleed. That we should we yeah. make it a t- should we make that? Wait, a I, was gonna, I, 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 I was just going to say you should. Yeah, it should be a t-shirt. <laughs> we'll try and sell it in Florida or somewhere. They're banning books. Yeah. Like right, you yeah. don't bleed. You don't read. You bleed or something yeah. stupid like that. <laughs> Alex, you're in the chat room. Clean up the the copy on that one. Make it make it funny. <laughs> I, I have no ability to do that right now. Uh, I like this 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 Kickstarter man. I I hope you hit some of these incentives because they're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, Geeks gave us, and like Steven said, the book is done. It is made. You're going to get the book. Uh, all you got to do, though, is go to uh, bit.ly. You know, it's bit.ly slash uh, Matador Kick, and it'll take you right to this Kickstarter I'm looking at right now uh, for the Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Monster in Mexico issue number two uh steven you said that you you know you just got into creating this comic whenever you were working in toys you got laid off you had some free time you got into comics uh you weren't into comics before brother you were so you were the guy who walked past the booth and said i don't read. oh no 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 i, I you're you were a comic book fan yeah all, all my life i mean i've been making comics uh all my life when i was a kid i wasn't allowed to read my parents wouldn't let me read comics, but they let me read Mad Magazine. So I used to make my own Mad Magazines. <laughs> Your parents were like the comics code. It was like, yeah, yeah, see, technically exactly. it's not a comic. Hey, Geekscape, right. you, all know, you all know that from Geekscape, yeah. is that when the comics code authority yeah. clamped down on publishers for yeah. corrupting the youths, Mad, which was owned by the same company that owned DC, was like, oh, we're a magazine. We're not changing anything. Um, so that's, that's how you got mad magazine and I'm guessing cracked as well. Um, but it, what were some of the influences that went into this? I mean, we talked about Mike Mignola's Hellboy. We talked about some of that stuff, but those are, you know, Mike Mignola and the Hellboy thing is more like a late eighties and a nineties thing. What were some of the influences yeah. going into, you know, you as a storyteller? Yeah. I mean, I always say it's, it's, uh, Mad Max meets, uh, Godzilla with a little bit of a telenovela thrown in. Love it, um, of course. Uh, that Peter Sellers movie, uh, I loved. I mean, 80s action movies. Um, you know, the first volume is really a love letter uh, to those. Uh, we did, It's pretty over the top, yeah. Yeah, we did uh, Afropocalypse is our love letter to Predator. Um, and Tango the Matadors is just, you know, it's it's just pure adrenaline. It's, it, you know, it hits the ground running. You know, like you said, he, he comes in, He you know, you drop yourself into the story and, and it doesn't stop from there. Oh, um, I was like in the characters already talking to each other. Like they, like, like, you know them and geeks gave us. So yeah. I first started reading that first issue. I was like, wait, this is the first issue. Right. And then I was like, Oh dude, Jonathan, what do you need? Geeks gave yeah. us. So you read that first issue and you're like, wait, the characters already know each other. And this and that it's a matador. Hold on. This is all you need to know. Geeks gave us. <laughs> it's a matador who fights monsters and you're going to catch up pretty quick. <laughs> you don't need anything else. Yeah. It's a matador being carried by a giant bee monster that shoots acid from this alien-like projectile mouth thing. And he fights him. And he's got another matador buddy. And they're going to meet other people. But all you need to know early on is monster bad, matador good. They're going to fight each other. That's all you need. All right? So don't, don't do what I did and be like, wait a minute. 
did Steven yeah. not give me the first first issue? No, yeah. no, no. You're smarter than me, Geekscapist. Just yeah. keep, just roll with it. Uh, Barbara Dylan was like, I'm not gonna let Bryant have all the fun. Two great wow, gems. Barbara's here. Wow. Hey. You know what? I like Brian. I was I like Bryant a lot. <laughs> but when Barbara gives you a poor Brian, approval, no, I love yeah. Bryant. <laughs> I love. <laughs> Brian. Have you met their little? Have you met their kids? Yeah, yeah, of course. Brian and and Barbara Adorable, have yeah. the sweetest yeah. little babies of all time. They're the cutest. Um, and I got to tell you, every time, have you seen the commercial they're in? Yeah, yeah. It's their daughter's in this freaking commercial, and yeah. I was watching basketball at a bar the other night with uh, Heidi and her, her friend. And I'm only I'm only going because so, Laker games are like not shown here in in LA. Like you, you have to get like a super package but yeah. i just want to watch the other team and right. so i wanted to watch the other team i'm sitting here watching the game and i'm thinking about i'm literally thinking about bright and barbara i think we, it was they were even in our conversation where we were bringing up how sweet their, their their family is and i look up and i go that's the kid we're talking about the person at their table is like what do you mean yeah that, that we were just talking about their kids yeah. And yeah and the commercials on the tv i was like that's literally the kid we're telling you is adorable it's yeah. on the screen right now um yeah. It's, I love it. I hope that kid is getting. I hope and there's, those kids there's, are getting their college paid for. Of, there's two of them. Yeah, I think they cast twins to play one. Yeah, That's yeah. how it is. When one's sleepy, you bring the other one in. Pretty, um, pretty wild. So, so I had asked you, Stephen, about your influences, and you said the influences from Monster Matador. But I want to know what you grew up in on. Like you said, Mad Magazine. But when it came to comics, when it came to the stuff that got you your 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 pen to page your pencil to page like what were those who were those storytellers and they could they can be literary they, they couldn't they might just be yeah. things that you read but weren't necessarily comics what were some of the storytellers that you grew up being like yeah this is my lane right here um I, you know the claremont x-men was Jesus. really and i started that in the in a weird period and i loved it it was that australian period where they oh my god really, the mark silvestri yeah. post follow the mutants yeah. It's awesome. Where they're yeah. fighting the Reavers and everybody thinks they died in Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then after yeah. that, they're just kind of like hanging out. And but it was I, I loved that because it was it was more like they were superheroes, but it was about the characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but that, that cover really... where Wolverine is crucified on that X. Oh, that was my first issue. That was the uh, first one. That was that was the first one I got, and I was you know. Incredible. And then you yeah. worked your way back through John Byrne who yeah, yeah, led yeah, you yeah, to yeah. Mark Silvestri. Yeah. Like I love yeah. the Mark Silvestri stuff. And that I think is similar. It was, it was mm-hmm. that it really coming out of Inferno. I think Inferno yeah. was like a big thing too. The, the crossover there, Geekscape is, I think it was in late eighties um, in the fall of the mutants, which led to the Australian Outback stuff. Yeah. Um, I just reread the last half of um, days of future past last night again. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. so effing good. The Claremont yeah. stuff is amazing. And did you hear this yeah. story that coming out of the current Krakoa era, mm-hmm. Marvel threw the bank at Jim Lee and wanted to oh, get him back that. on it? You heard about that? That Marvel yeah, yeah. Geeks I saw us something about that. Yeah. Was like, what do we do after this hugely successful Krakoa era that started with Jonathan Hickman is turned into this stuff, but it's coming to a close? what's the next era of the X-Men? And supposedly they threw money at Jim Lee and Jim Lee just could not commit to doing an interior book because yeah. it's a lot of work, but 
Yeah. Oh my God. Could they have gotten Chris Claremont back? Would you want to see Chris, Chris Claremont back on the X-Men? That would have been crazy. I, you know, you know, I'll be honest, living in an era where everyone seems to be going, coming back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just had Jam Demetrius on, on, on one of the Geekscape shows yeah. talking about Craven's oh, last hunt. Yeah. That's he just did one. Christian Blatt's, Blattcast or Marvel Movie Talk or one of these shows on our Geekscape network, Geekscape is they had yeah. Jam Demetrius talking about his seminal work, Craven's Last Hunt. And I looked up and was like, Oh my god, Christian Blatt, you are beautiful for bringing that creator onto the Geekscape network. I love it. Um, yeah. okay, so we got the Claremont stuff. The Claremont stuff, man, it doesn't get much better than that. What what, yeah. what are some of the other books? What about indie books? I mean, you got an indie book here. Yeah. What are some of the people that inspired you to go the indie route? Um, Paul Pope was a big, big one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I got onto him like right as THB was coming out. So I got, I was been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, um, I mean, movies have been a big influence when I, when I was older, when I really started getting into movies, it was that era, uh, with Tarantino, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, uh, El Mariachi from Robert Rodriguez, you know, Clerks, uh, John Woo. I mean, you know, the killer had just popped into video stores, hard boy. So I, it, all that stuff was just such a huge, huge, uh, influence on me. And Geekscapist, um, I think you're going to see some of that DNA here in the Monster yeah. Matador, especially, the, I mean, the Robert Rodriguez stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah, really yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, dude. Like, like and Geekscapist, you're hearing what Steven's saying. It's in the pages of the Monster Matador. This stuff is a love letter to that, plus Kaiju, plus some Hellboy team versus monster stuff it's i really am a big fan of this stuff i think it's a lot of fun and i'm really happy that your voice is out there steven i yeah, mean yeah. the double the double take i did walking past your booth at la comic con <laughs> you got me <laughs> luckily I, luckily i read but you got me yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was like let's make a book for jonathan it was like you, you right. didn't even know i existed yeah. and you made a book for jonathan because that's what you did yeah. with this monster matador um are you going to spin a new book off of it or maybe one of your other creations is this a bigger universe i don't know like yeah like, yeah we're gonna, big, huh? i mean you know idea hopefully you know fingers crossed but after after once upon some monsters we're going to do uh a one shot with the luchadors mm-hmm. uh before going back into uh the matador it's all gonna it's all gonna weave its way into each other um i would love to do a, uh just a, a spin-off of the luchadors uh we have some other characters some other ideas so it's it, it's a big i mean i could keep doing this forever i have you know uh so many ideas for it so hopefully well geekscape is there's a pretty awesome thing that you can do to help steven keep doing this forever and our new friend alex who's in the, the the uh, yeah. comments and this and that. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say go over to your computer and type in bit.ly bit.ly slash matador kick and it'll take you to the Kickstarter and whatever. Whatever you want to donate, they've hit it. They've hit their, their goal. Uh, this is for the stretch goals now. <laughs> like that crazy metal cover. And um, get yourself just a... It could be a PDF. It could be whatever you want to donate. And get yourself a copy of this book. And... Uh, and, and join the fan club and let's let's see what the full let's see the full story come together man like i yeah, think it's, it's great it's, 
It's a lot of fun. It's funny because people, you know, you mentioned that it's about a matador who fights kaiju. People always ask me, so what's the book about? And they say, it's a matador who fights kaiju. And they go, okay, how does he fight? Like, what, what do you mean he fights kaiju? You know, like, what do they need? Man? Literally. Man, people, what is up with people, man? Like, what like, else do you need? I'm like, they're like, does he have a laser sword? Does he have I'm like, no, 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 a, you ever seen a matador, yeah, dude? Like it's a sword. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the fun. That's kind of the, the part of the fun is like, you know, how's he going to defeat these things? But what are you it's, talking it's, about? It's little, if the thing is yeah. the size of a skyscraper, you know what you would do? You would put the sword as deep as you can into it and you would slide yourself all the way you down go. the skyscraper, gutting that thing. And what I like, you, are you reading the, um, what is the, 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 the Shaolin monk? Or Shaolin Cowboy. Oh, Shaolin, I love that. I love that. Jeff Darrow book. Holy, talk about yeah. somebody splitting open some giant monsters. Yeah, I love Shaolin Cowboy. Another indie yeah. book where there's a small dude killing major monsters. Yeah. That is an awesome book. I love Shaolin Cowboy, and I, yeah. I, I could have guessed my yeah, friend yeah, yeah. Stephen liked it as well. <laughs> yeah, that that book is uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's a comic book. People like, what do you mean? How does a matador fight a monster? Yeah. Like. That's yeah. kind of the fun of it. Do you want, I mean, yeah. do, you know what I'm saying? Like that is how, some high stakes stuff. Read the yeah. book. Find out. <laughs> I challenge you, Geekscape, us to do the same. Check out the Kickstarter, guys. Go, just go to Kickstarter and search. Um, if you forget the bit.ly, just go to Kickstarter. Search for Monster Matador. You'll see the active one under on. our yep. good friend Stephen Prince's name. Man. Uh, dude, thanks for coming on Geekscape. Yeah, thanks for having fun. me. I'm just, we're just, I, you got me so excited. I, I feel like I just talked the whole time. I, I you got me so excited i was like oh and then, and then, and then. it's we'll fun do it again for the next for the next one dude we i can talk well the, i think the problem is i can talk so yeah. okay let's figure this out hmm let's talk to matt kelly you want a, a podcast on the network or you can just do all the talking without me jib jabbing the whole time <laughs> sure <laughs> Be all monsters all monster <laughs> matter all time i think matt matt's gonna go for it at that point yeah, yeah. he's gonna be like this is great um yeah. all right steven i hope i've thrown the football for your book as far down the field right, as i yeah, can thank you I yep. hope people check it out. I love checking you out, man. I love meeting you. I can't wait to see you maybe at WonderCon or San Diego yep. Comic Con. I will. I will have a booth at uh, San Diego. We'll be in Small Press M 3 Okay. Uh, okay. Same spot we were last year. Um, I will likely be at uh, WonderCon. Okay. At the Caps booth. So, and I'll be at Comic Con Revolution in Ontario. In uh, I heard that's a great convention. It's a Dude, great show. It's a really it's like, fun show. When somebody told me there was a comic convention in Ontario, which Geekscapist is about an hour, a little over an hour east of Los Angeles, yeah, in like the Inland Empire, I was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever you say. Like you're just trying to get me to a convention in the middle of nowhere. And then people are telling me, "Dude, Chris Claremont, all these different people went to Comic-Con Revolution." Yes. I start to see my friends putting up promotions that they're going to be at Comic-Con Revolution. Yeah, this will be my third. This will be my third year. It's a great show. I think they have Adam Kubert this year. Oh my god! Um, yeah, they have. That's, that's they the keep, best of the they, best. Yeah, they get they get some great guests. And what's nice is there's the there's a dealer room, and then the artist alley room is its own separate room. That's the best. Like New York, like um, New York Comic Con. That's the coolest thing about New York Comic Con. Yeah. It's like a hangout area of cool creators. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's it's definitely. I mean, it's close enough that it's. Uh, it, it, it's definitely uh, worth worth checking out. Okay, you just sold me a ticket because 
No, I'm serious. Like it's like yeah, in yeah, May yeah. or something like that. It's like in May or, or April. It's or something May. Like that. I want to say it's May 19th yeah. and 20th. Okay. Yeah. Damn it! You're filling up my dance card. I like this. Okay, yeah. Comic Con Revolution and Geekscape. If you're listening to this, I think I'm going to spend this Sunday. At a, at a small little con in Pasadena, Pasadena oh, Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, I really cool. like that con. It's nice. It's like something you can walk through in a couple hours, yeah. say hi to friends, and, yeah. and and maybe Geekscapist will bring a recorder with me there, and maybe maybe I'll I'll try and talk to some people. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know our two little late feed boys are going to be there. I'm going to be there, and um, maybe if you subscribe to Geekscape and listen to this podcast you'll hear some more stuff from all of these conventions including when steven does an hour at the geekscape comic con booth in san diego with us as well you can step away from your booth for an hour and come sign with us all right we have a nice 10 by 10 over there okay yeah yeah it's all coming together it's all coming together uh and you're a part of the two geekscape this is the whole point of the show is to bring you cool stuff that maybe you haven't heard about like steven's book and uh filter in some bigger names here and there we love doing that, and the best thing you can do to help it keep going is we bring you the show for free. All I ask, go to whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on and leave like a five-star review, write a nice little review for us, and be like, man, I wish Jonathan would... He's funny sometimes, but I'd like him to let the guest promote their book. <laughs> he gets... Jonathan gets too excited. Oh, no. I That's the problem. I get too excited. I love this stuff too much. Yeah. Um, but Geekscape is... If you'd like to cut me out of it, Go find each other on social media. The Geekscape Forever group on Facebook is a great way to do that. Just go to that group, join up, talk to each other. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, X, whatever it is. You can find us on Threads. You can find us everywhere. Search for Geekscape. We also have over 30 shows across the network now from all sorts of pop culture topics like wrestling, music, horror films, filmmaking, all that stuff. Just go search for Geekscape. You're going to find some great stuff. Matt and I have been working really hard with the rest of the network on bringing you guys some really cool pop culture stuff with no gatekeeping. We don't hate. We create. That's what we're here for. And we're just going to push the positivity forward. You can tell what happens when a kid gets excited like myself. I just rolled through that conversation with Steven. Dude, love you so much, man. Where can people find you on socials? Uh, Monster Matador. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Monster Matador. Uh, there's also MonsterMatador.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Stephen, so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Bye, Geekscapus. Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.